And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, episode 12, part two, starting right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. I looked at myself in the mirror. I look like I'm 100 years old. (laughs) I don't think so. I feel like I look like like I'm 100 years old. You're like the best looking 100 year old I've ever seen then, because if you've seen them, they're frightening. Like, they are grisly. Like, a hundred is not... That's How many techni- technically undead. have you seen? <laughs> you wow. would know, Cleric. Ah. Right. That was a stupid... I, hate, I hated that joke. Um, Ornella, I want to come back on a... Uh, the last thing that you read in your mother's journal, we're going to... It's the... We come back, and this wasn't the one... Roll a D20 for me. 17. Uh, we come back to... It's actually neither of you. The screen fades in from black, and we see the tent that you two have been sleeping in. We see your pack that's lying open with a few things out. Uh, there's ration packs that are emptied. There are uh, tools that are set aside. There's a sharpening stone. And then we see the... Journal, your mother's journal sitting on your uh, on your bed, Ornella, and it's open. And the page that it's on is further along towards uh, the end of the journal. And the top of the page says, Spring, year six. I had the dream again. It was so horrible. I dare not write about it. We come back to... We fade in, fade to black, and fade back in on uh, Orzok and Ornella. Uh, where do we find you? The start of part two. We can be farther ahead in time. We can pick up right where we left off. Tell me where you want us to start. Um, I, um, we're in your land, buddy. Where are we? What are we doing? So we're gonna we're gonna jump forward a bit. Okay. And we're going to jump forward to a point where so Orzok is standing by this woman's tent and it's the woman before that had asked us to go look mm-hmm. for her child mm-hmm. and Orzok is basically in his arms holding a dead well, partially eaten Barabundi child. Mm-hmm. And he's just standing there as she's crying. And his head is aimed down. He knows that The bite marks and things indicate that if he had gone there when he was asked, he may the the child the child was killed after he had returned from with Davery. So he was. We went out to get the Skyleaf. We went out to to get the what we needed to do to save Davery. The child was killed after those. It, it, from the the look of the wounds, they're not that old. Mm-hmm. 
they're old enough that whatever, but he knows as he's handing over this body that he may have been able to save him. However, he didn't. He made a choice. And that's where he is. And he's handing over this body to this this woman. She, uh, you, she like, upon seeing him, she she breaks down in tears. The Barabundi are an emotional people. And there's, you know, while they have a, a fighting spirit and a uh, sense of obligation of individualism, there's also very, I mean, they all love each other. They all consider each, each other family. So any loss is a significant loss. Mm-hmm. And she... Is uh, is crying to herself, and she wipes the tears from her eyes and and takes the wet and uh, uses it to wipe off some of the dirt and blood off of the the kid's face, and um, she looks to you, Orzak, and she says, "Thank you for delivering him to me. I am glad to know of his fate, even if it's not the one that I had desired." Is that in common or Barabundi? Uh, it's in Barabundi for sure. Okay. Yep. Sorry. That's okay. <clears throat> I'm sorry we couldn't have done more. No, I... You, you have... You have done enough. And this was... This will bring me peace. And as I hand her, hand the child over... Like there's more, actually there's fathers, there's mothers, there's other younger people coming over and the whole kind of group just kind of lifts the whole kind of, you know, it's not a, it's not a lone person's burden to bear. Mm -hmm. It's not a very, it's definitely not Western culture where the family kind of deals with the death and then they bring people in. I mean, this is like everybody just comes in as they don't even care. They don't even ask. They do, you know, everybody just starts kind of chipping in, Mm -hmm. in whatever way they can. And, and I want and hand her hand the child over and kind of turn away and kind of quietly kind of walk off and then, head towards um, wherever we've been staying, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and you can yeah run with whatever you want. So as uh, the, that, so this is evening, right? Like, the, sure, sure. And uh, in, in events of a member of the clan's death and the body is returned that night at the fire, they're, um, they're burned and they're given over to be back uh, in the, Amongst the people, in a way, and most everyone is at this gathering. Um, we find you two walking back towards where you are staying, and the scale mother approaches. She, you're walking down this uh, in between these tents, and she kind of pops out from between a couple tents and turns and says, "Orzak, we spoke a few days ago about." A meeting? Yes. When and where? I think that's up to you. And to to retcon and remind the audience and the players, uh, there was a letter that was sent to uh, Harbeck from the Viscounts. And... uh, 
asked for instructions. A letter was sent to the Viscount that instructed them to meet right. in the... Uh, Where the stripe is... The width of a Takari. Across and, the certain... Yeah, yeah so, there's, there's a very specific canyon, where Box right. Canyon, where you instructed them to meet. They should be here any day now. They may already be there. We should... We should head out first light tomorrow. All right. What do we need to do to, to prepare? <laughs> I mean, they're your people. <laughs> this would be... Uh, <clears throat> well, Nell, this might be a very good opportunity for us, for you to give us some instruction on... Ways to not create the wrong impression. Okay, sure. Um, shall we gather? I mean, who's going to meet them? Just the three of us, or are you going to bring others? I will not be taking anyone. I will handle this myself. There have been too many incidences where more. Mother. I, I mean no offense, but I am not Mother. I'm not risking anyone else. Mother. I can have this conversation with him. You need to bring your You need to bring the Azak here. The spine hunter? Oh. The Ak <laughs> the Ak the speaker, the Akish. Akish. I was like, Sorry. What? No, it's okay. They all <laughs> use the bad. same letter. Yes. The Akish. Orzak, why do you say that? I'm with the scale mother on this one. I think it can be a conversation had just between us. The Akish has shown a level of grace. <laughs> I don't use the word grace. I hate that word. <laughs> a level of understanding that no one else has shown. His perspective is untainted. Roll a persuasion at advantage for me. Uh, that's good. 19. I suppose I... that I have seen things and he has had visions. I suppose it would be wise to bring additional counsel. I miss father too. She doesn't say anything. She just stares straight ahead. You're an incredibly brave leader. It's not fault to have another voice there. And I will be there representing our people just as much as you. She, she nods her head. You can see her. And I put my hand out. To hold her hand. 
she uh she doesn't look she she reaches her hand out and then grabs grabs your hand gives a tight squeeze of of uh, and I don't let go I'll use advantage to hold it <laughs> do you start grappling her yeah <laughs> uh, she like she'll actually try to pull away and it doesn't move she looks There's at you. not a lot of compassion and like touching and loving in mm-hmm. this society so this is oh yeah she uh She she winces and looks to be deep in her own thoughts and then turns her head to look at you, Orzak, and she says, uh, well then, just make, make the necessary preparations. We'll, I'll, <clears throat> we will meet you uh, at the chasm tomorrow morning, just before dawn. Bring Takari for them to ride. Very well. She uh, <laughs> she then like withdraws her hand from your hand and uh, them is in uh, Davery, just so that's clear. Um, and then she she withdraws her hand from your hand and, and turns and walks uh, back from the back the direction she came from. Well, sounds like we have an early morning tomorrow. Let's drink. Let's party. Suddenly the Beastie Boys... Uh, you got to fight. Fight for your right to party Boy, starts right. playing. No. Uh, we see... Anyway, party a little bit. Do whatever. There's there's drinking. There's singing. Uh, people are, are singing funeral songs and, and right. singing of the boy and all of the things that he... He did. He had done, and they uh, the singing goes well into the late night. Does anyone do anything? Do you Where's, get it? No, no, you go. Are you? Do you get tatted up before we before we cruise and booze? Not yet. All right. Where's so, Davery at this whole thing? Uh, well, Davery has been with this. God damn it, Davery has been with this. I just broke. It's the, literally my whole life. I do not have a single pencils. pen in my existence where it's not cracked off yeah that's uh davery is with the the talk akish and the um speaker working on uh uh working on making the sky leaf into a usable substance still even during this like funeral fire oh you're right yes so i guess he would be uh he would be out watching um, sitting on like a stone by himself, watching all of the dancing and the singing, probably looking confused because he doesn't really know. He's like, uh, I don't. If I sit here, I won't offend anyone. He's <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Gotcha. Gotcha right in the giggle spot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, let's get on with so it. So do we just FF to the next next morning? FF. Um, what? 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 Is it Peppa? We all keep looking at the stair. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, we just FF to the next morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, someone describe for me the ride, the morning. Um, paint a picture for us. What does this look like? Get us from the camp to the spot. 
I would like to take the lead um, so that I am the first one to approach these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very uneasy on this Takari. I had a little bit of <laughs> practice with the when we were went out the first time, but... Um, it's very unlike riding any other yeah, beast. Yeah. Because you don't actually sit. You, right. You're you like crouch standing, on it. Yeah, yeah. Almost. So, um, but I, I, I think that Orzok would be probably close, really close behind me, like shouting, like directions, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah. Orzok, do you want to maybe. So, like, that's cool because that's like Ornella's understanding of how this Takari is, but. Can you maybe, (laughs) how do you help ensure that the Takari is going the direction that it needs to go? So, um, so I'd like to, the way I'd like to state this first is that in normally in a position like this, a a culture would bring a group, right? So it would be a show of force or Mm -hmm. it would be a show of strength and, and, uh, diplomatic, diplomatic power. We're, this group is very much the opposite. It's probably about five people, five or six people, but the most important people, like if if they pull a fast one, the whole fucking tribe's fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like we are laying, even though we're like, we don't, we, you know, we don't trust them. We're going to not do this. We're still laying. That's just the way it is. This yep. is a group of people that believe this. So as we're going, normally... If it were all barebundi on these on the these Takari, it'd be like whoosh, we'd just be flying through these canyons and stuff. We're kind of going at this like pace where these animals keep looking over the shoulder at the person riding them. Like, really? Is this what we're doing? <laughs> and okay, so Ornella is kind of like you know, it's more of like a half like I was gonna say half crotch, but crouch. <laughs> <laughs> more more like surfing, That's right? Right, right. It's more of like a bent knees forward kind of thing. So your feet are kind of back by your knees. You're leaning on your, your like, knelt forward. Mm-hmm. It's like a, those desks that they used to sell in the 90s where you would, like, sit on your... <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's uncomfortable. It's like that, but the, it's like... It's so your legs can give pressure as this thing kind of goes up and down. Mm-hmm. Um like a chicken head. So as she's doing it, it's like I'm not. She thinks I'm barking orders at her, but I'm literally just talking to the Takari because the Takari she's riding is mine. Because mm, mm-hmm. I know it won't throw her because I'm talking to it the whole right time. Right. And I'm riding some nameless one and Greg Zock. Greg Zock's ball Zock's. <laughs> Whatever it doesn't matter, Steve I'm, but you know it's just very kind of mechanical. I'm like can do it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, but mm-hmm. it's like so. I'm literally talking to my own animal, making sure it doesn't hurt her. Rad. Because the most important thing is for us is if we round that corner or whatever that we're all together. Yep. Awesome. What is the what does the sky look like? What is the what does the environment look like? So it's actually oddly overcast. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't rain very often there, but when it does, it's a thing. Oh, yeah. It's like those Arizona and New Mexico flash right. floods. Those storms are wicked. Yeah, dude. And, and clouds come through those environments every so often without producing rain. But this is like one of those times where 
No one can tell if it's going to rain or not. Mm-hmm. But there's a strength and electricity to the air that's palpable. It's, you know... Normally, it's like, wow, every day is the same. This is different. <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. Well done. I'd like to think that Ornella is a little bit, like, extra feisty in this uh, weather with, like, with like the electricity. I think that, like, her electromagnetic nonsense in her body is, like, charged. Mm-hmm. Her body's almost, like, buzzing mm-hmm. from the... Yeah. 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 Beautiful description. I love that. We we follow so th- this scene plays out as you're traveling across the lands. It, it takes most of the morning and getting into the early part of the afternoon to make it because you you are the Barabundi are situated in this land in a sort of northeaster northwesterly point. Um and you're traveling eastward and over about to the middle of what is called the Kalak or the Badlands, the Fractured Lands. And you, we see the camera do this like cool sky cam thing where it, it tilts back and, and is following behind as we see these Dakari race across the, the landscape. And it fades to black and it fades back up and it's fading up looking out over a box canyon and the camera sees down in the bottom of this canyon there is a small camp of six tents and there's a cart and there's horses and um, we see and they're very small like this is a, a pretty long distance shot and then coming into frame is the Takari and they grind to a stop at the top of this box canyon looking down towards the uh, position below we see uh, the camera is such position that we see the north side cliff face is burnt orange clay dirt with a single bold violet stripe running from the base of the canyon to the top as we come to a stop and so i like hop off of my takari hers is my my takari her the one she's writing is mm-hmm. in front mm-hmm. and i kind of jump off the front kind of walk down its neck and walk straight up to you and i don't help her off but i look at her and i say this is a time to put both cultures together you understand the importance of story and i have one hand named aimed back mm-hmm. and you have the importance of position if you can figure out how to blend the two, this will go well. If it doesn't go well, well, we'll just see what happens, I guess. I trust you. And I turn around and I walk over and head back and, you know, whatever. Basically, I'm saying it's yours to make the introductions. So the, the Scale Mother's Takari walks up to you two, uh, both of your animals looking out over this uh, canyon. She's her Takari comes up next to you, Ornella, and she speaks to you but continues to look straight ahead down in the box canyon. This is them. Yes. Good. The Takari will help us get down the cliff face. They won't be frightened by these creatures, will they? Yes. (laughs) She smiles. They might be, but they won't show it. Good. 
We will ride them down to greet them. Are you nervous? No. You should be. These people are here to help us. And if anything goes wrong, even in the slightest, it'll be my hand that will take care of the problem. I look right at Orzak. Let's go. Slight smile comes across the scale mother's face, just like almost imperceptible, but it's there. And the Takari then at one, um, the scale the scale mother's Takari leading uh, goes down first, and it literally like ninety degrees straight down, like climbs down this canyon. And the, these saddles are like again. That's why the the riding position is so important, so that you can like leaning back and on your back and like. Maybe yeah. there's like these grips back here that right. you hold on to. Um, and yeah, the Takari just like vertically face this cliff and walk down. And uh, yeah. As... I don't, sorry. I don't think mm-hmm. we discussed who actually is with us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, it's Orzok and I and the Scale Mother. And the Speaker. And the Speaker. And Davery. And Davery. Okay. All-star crew. Yeah, A-team. For, For sure. sure. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the the with the scale mother at front and um, abreast of her are you two, Davery, and the speaker. And approaching the camp slowly, you see men that are sitting around a cook fire, and they have uh, they come to attention and form a line. Um, there are. Um, I think there's one, two, three, four. So there's four, uh, four soldiers that look, well, there's three soldiers and then there's one robed figure. Uh, and then you see the Viscount. Um, they're all dressed, uh, dressed to the nines, but they're wearing like war plate and they're dressed for battle, but their armor is polished and well-kept. You see the, the ends of their cloaks have are stained with mud and dirt just from travel, and they stand at attention to, to greet you as you approach. Scale Mother's the first one, and she gets sort of uncomfortably close to them with the Takari, uh, like across a dining room table with this enormous beast of war. And she looks from atop of it, cocks her head to the side, and then hops down from the Takari, pats it on the side of its head, and it just obediently like takes a few steps backward. Uh, do you two? What do you? Uh, what do you two do? The speaker does the same thing. He hops off the Takari, pats it on the side of its head, and the Takari takes a few steps backward. I uh, amble down <laughs> uh-huh. as gracefully as I can, and like give a look at Orzok. And like with eye contact, yeah, I kind of pat it and make a sound and like bow gracefully back up is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You know, the creature does. Yeah. So, and uh, I I go up and stand next to the scale mother. I get off this really untrained one, and it's like unruly, and like, and I kick it. (laughs) You know, it's like everybody else had this cool thing. I'm the fool. Dave, he's like, I think I'll just stay on. 
Yeah, I think I think Davery like Gay, looks Davery <laughs> started putting his foot to the left and it started backing up and he just right. He's like just he just starts riding as it is backing up slightly and it lays down and he just like gets up. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The thing just like it did what it wanted to do. Yeah, it just goes and like lays down to sunbathe a little bit and uh, um, the uh, the Davery hops off and then awkwardly scrambles over to join the rest of you online and <laughs> end of line <laughs> hold the line online love isn't always on time right. Right. oh whoa, uh, whoa. I as Davery joins the lineup gets online logs on um, I I don't know he's standing next to me I'm Mm-hmm. He, and I, I just want to reach down and like squeeze his hand real, real quick. His hands are so sweaty. Yeah, as, <laughs> they're I, like, as expected. They're like wet, not just sweaty. They're like so clammy and moist. Why do you make this so hard for me? <laughs> just because I can, I guess. Right. So, um, so yeah. So in front of you, like I said, there are three definitely soldier veteran looking men of uh, late to middle age, scars on their face, serious looking eyes. Like these guys have seen some shit and uh, on their uh, and then adjoining them is a uh, older looking man in some strange blue robes and then with them in his resplendent plate is uh, Viscount Fell with the with like helmet on, uh, visor up though, and he says, <clears throat> "I am Viscount Kalo Fell, rightful Lord of Alal's Aquamarine Gem Jewry. With me is Captain Gessip, Captain Damon, and my house spellmancer Vorig Olivar." All veterans and men who have seen war against the orcs firsthand. I and they can speak your people's tongue, though not perfectly. Additionally, I have the commander of my conscripted company, Captain Whalen. They have sworn to me an oath of obedience and will respect all traditions and customs of you and yours, my lady. And at the word lady, she just shakes her head and goes... Viscount Kalo Fell, I am no lady of palaces and gardens. Our people can speak the Yosta tongue, due in no small part to the torture and pain you've wrought our kind. I am Scale Mother Oanamaka. I am war, beauty, death, and courage, second daughter of Tichuni Askso, lead scout of the third harvest. My late husband was Scalefather Vruni, who was killed, brokering for peace by one who called himself a lord. I have mothered six children, all of whom who have fought in war against your soldiers. I bring others with me. Their names are not important. Although you should know these two, and she turns her head over to Orzak and Ornella. That should suffice for my introduction. <laughs> There's an incredibly long pregnant pause. I step out. Uh, I step towards Viscount Fell and his men. Mm-hmm. Viscount, thank you for being here 
and I turned to his men, and I thank you for your service. Now, I have spent many days in this Barabundi camp and have spoken openly and honestly with the scale mother about our situation at hand. It's important, it's important that you, Viscount, also speak openly and honestly. Scale mother, I am not here, and Viscount Fell speaking, obviously, I am not here out of a desire to do your people harm. In fact, I am here because, like what Ornella has said, I have seen what is coming firsthand. Thanks to the intervention of her uh, a dwarf named Harbeck and uh, a half-orc like yourself. And she, like, at the word half-orc, uh, takes two quick steps like she is inches from his face. Learn fast, Viscount Fell, that we are not half of anything. The creatures that you call orcs share no ancestry with our people or any people here in the Kalak. Do not make that mistake again, or I will split you in two before your men can half draw their swords. As she finishes that, I am like fucking like, yes! <laughs> but I'm also, I'd step forward and I walk, I actually kind of, in a braggadocious manner, walk right in between them and split them up. Like a peacekeeper in a fight at a bar. Mm-hmm. And I literally push them apart, and I take my sword out, and it's like long because that's how it is. <laughs> it's a, it's made out of fucking bone. Uh-huh. This is not a steel weapon. This is a thing of nature. And I pull it out, and I take it, and I just <clears throat> drive it down in between them. And I look at them both, and I say, "Has everybody?" Puff the chests enough. Uh, the Viscount speaks first. I will speak directly then. The scale mother smiles and says, Yes, I think that would be good. And I back up. I'm the only one without a weapon right now. Scale mother Oanamaka. My wife is alive because of the brave actions of these here, of those there, pointing to you too. That which threatens us is from beyond our world. It attacked that which was, is most precious to me. It was horrific. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. No one in Alal seems to know or care. They are busy pillaging those like you to the east. It is up to us here and now to stop what is coming. Scale Mother says, you use the word us. As if we have any stakes in the success of your monarchy, frankly, it would be a blessing if your queen and all her nobles were swallowed up by the serpent of death. I am here out of obligation to my sons and my people to hear you out. But I want you to know this, Viscount Fell. 
that if for whatever reason there's something here that you're not telling me and it causes hurt to my people, the Viscount nods his head. Scalemother, this threat is unlike anything we've ever seen. I agree. The corruption... You need to see what the what corruption festers in Alal. Captain Whalen and uh, one of the soldiers on the end stands to rigid attention. The cage. Bring it forth. Men, keep yourselves between the cage and the scale mother. Scale mother, you may want to back up. As soon as that's said, I actually, <clears throat> out of the ground, I pick my sword up and I stand in between. Uh, Captain Whalen turns and goes to the cart and uh, pulls a rope on the uh, on the black cloth, uh, exposing the cage to you all. You see inside a uh, the cart's cover is removed, exposing an iron cage with bars half inch in diameter. Inside is an elf, probably. Its arms have fur bracers similar to Orzok's, with long orange feathers adorning its torn and split armor. His face is swollen, however, with skin on the right side splitting apart, revealing a crustacean carapace underneath. Tendon and muscles stretch in between the splitting skin, revealing its red and black chitin underneath. It's disgusting, and the smell of blood and feces and unclean body is powerful, nearly overwhelming. The late, uh, a rays of sunlight pierce through the clouds for a second and hit its skin. Immediately, it jumps and thrashes inside the cage, reaching its long, distended arms through the bars, grasping at the two soldiers. The captains instinctively reach for their swords and hold them at the ready. Do I I recognize that elf? Mm Mm-hmm. Is it missing ears? It's, uh... Is it... It's not that. It's not that elf. Okay. Uh, But it it looks to be of Baraboondi... Looks to be of your people. Oh. Hmm. But it's crab. Mm-hmm. Part crab. Part crab. Part preacher. It's turning. And the scale mother cries out, Stay your hands or I'll remove them from your arms. She steps towards the cage. Bazak. And she's like studying it. And this thing is just... <laughs> just slamming its body up against the uh, the iron bars trying to break through the, there's no way this cage is going to give but it is thrashing violently um, trying to reach out trying to kill her she turns to the Viscount what did you do to him D- scale mother this was not our doing he was captured by one of the queen's scouts companies a few weeks ago they tossed him and others into a pit left him The same transformation happened to my men, which nearly caused the death of my wife. They showed no signs either. I don't know what it is that causes this change, but I know that it is related to what is happening Alal. I needed you to see this so you understand what we're against. Lies! She turns. All your kind speak are lies. And I I stand up and I grab, I literally, like, forcefully grab her. This is what I was telling you about. The speaker, who's been quiet this whole time, uh, takes a couple steps forward to to come up in line with uh, you and the scale mother, and uh, you, Orzok, and the scale mother. And he, he says to her, 
Scalemother, this is what you have seen in your dreams. This is what I have seen as well. This is real. She uh, she licks her lips, and you can see her just snarling. We've we've literally done everything we can to live our own pure life, and we can't do it anymore. We're going to have to. We're in the same position as all these others. We are not separate anymore. We tried to our own extent to be separate and live. We traveled, hunted game, and we moved. We remained nomadic. We moved and we moved. If, And I look at that thing, and if it's in our camp, it's too late. The Viscount speaks up. I would not lie to you, Scale Mother. On this, I swear my life and the life of my unborn child. In the life of my unborn child, I tell no falsehoods this day, and seek not to destroy you and your people. Please, seek counsel of your warrior Orzok. He has seen these creatures firsthand. He knows this threat. Unnatural hands are at work here. She turns, and her face is just full of scorn and hatred, just dripping off of her. My son Orzok, a warrior of unmatched skill. Orzok killed an adult sailback when he was a child, using nothing but his own hands and a rock. Orzok, who broke his Takari by only his tenth summer. Orzok, who outdueled my late husband Scaleguards by himself at the same time. Orzok, feared by those who know him as the Red Wake, for his wrath is so great that it left tidal waves of blood on our enemy's shores. She turns to you, Orzok. Orzok, would you put your story and the stories of your Scale brothers and sisters on the line for him, for them? I would. She closes her eyes. And you, discarded by your family, thrown to be left with nothing. You think it's... This is worth it then? Saving this? Yes. Speaker. If these are the dreams that I had, then... Then what... Then what we must do is certain. The speaker nods his head yes. <sighs> Viscount Kalo fell. We will work together on this. This thing, this wretched abomination that is taken from me, a person of our... It must die. 
and I will see it dead. And you know the rule. You have to do it. She withdraws a small uh, blade from her belt pouch and uh, you see the, the soldiers are like, they have their swords drawn at attention and I mean, these are veterans. They're not shaking in their boots, but she brushes past them and they look surprised at how close she's getting. And she's, you know, this thing is just lunging at the cage trying to break out and its long sharpened clawed arm is, the skin is starting to split and you can see the pink and red and black uh, carapace underneath exposed, literally growing so that the skin is just tearing apart on top. Uh, like a snake shedding its skin and it's reaching out and we get this close-up shot of the side of the scale mother's face and coming into frame is this clawed hand that's inches away and it continues to to grab and reach out for her and in one swift motion she takes her arm locks the claw underneath and pulls herself in with the force of its own arm and takes the dagger and jams it through the creature's head and all of a sudden, it just collapses. She takes the blade, withdraws it from the thing's head, and wipes it on her on her pants and uh, resheathes it. <sighs> what's the plan then? What what's happening with the with your men and? Uh, the Viscount adjusts his breastplate and uh, turns and walks over to her, now facing the cage side by side with her. Lord Commander Hadron has demanded that all forces rally outside the city called Ketir. I shift. Like, how do they know the name? Kind of shift. My men, Jury's linebreakers, have been tasked with ensuring the right flank is held and that any escaping ha- Southerners are rounded up as prisoners. Most of my men are holding position there now while we have waited here. Every day I spend out here not with my men is a chance for our cause to be discovered and for my men to be killed. If we are going to do something, we need to decide. There's something... I'm speaking plainly to you here, Scale Mother. The forces that are gathering around Katir, they have orders from Lord Commander Hadron. They are to raise the city. They are to burn it to the ground, to leave no one alive. Scale Mother laughs. Impossible! This <laughs> The city is only accessible by basket. How will they even breach the walls? Scale Mother, the Queen's engineers have spent many months building siege ladders and siege towers. Between those and the catapults pummeling the walls, the city has already been breached. The fighting is. The fighting has stalled inside the city itself, but I'm afraid that many are dead. The machines of war will not 
then and I look at my at the scale mother, my mother, the machines of war. You don't, you don't understand them. Why would they kill, raise the city? What what is there to take? The the Tosric are they're they're glorified fishermen. Doesn't matter. This is a this these people have been fed. They've been fed lies for years, and this is them. It's like an exclamation point for them. It's it's an ex. They're exclaiming to whatever god now they're following, or whatever it is, that this is what they're doing. They're going to do it. It doesn't matter why or how or whatever it is. They have all their forces brought down here to leave what needs to be done up there unguarded. But the only way that we can make a difference is if we get those that matter... We need to get them out of that city. We need to form. Is there a way? And I, I'm, I'm like kind of almost. I'm pacing back and forth again. Mm-hmm. I turn to the Viscount. Have you men? Have you had eyes on the city? Have you been scouting the city? Yes, we have. Uh, uh, Captain Whalen has men positioned to watch over the siege, since we're in charge of taking anyone who flees. We have. We have eyes on the city, yes. And I turned uh, to uh, back to scale, mother. My brother wears a limb that was crafted by the the Tosric. They understand the Pharaoh more than anyone. The Pharaoh is unique. It is. And I look at the Viscount when I say this, and I look at Ornella. This is what is what makes us unique besides our culture. And is Ortic with us? Mm-mm. Nope. He's not. Okay. Nope. Um, we have to save. We have to save those that understand how to craft it. Viscount... Uh, <laughs> steps a, a little bit closer to you, Orzok, and he says, Orzok, the, the the first and second teal guard are there. It's it's a bloodbath. Um, it will be difficult for you to get into the city, and once inside the city, you know that those men will kill you on sight. I have no sway over them. If they're fighting a war of a front and they're laying siege to the city, well, there may be a way. There is a mother, and I apologize. I spent many summers inside the Tosric city of Kitir. They have strange and exotic women. And, well, I could not... Uh, a couple of the, the soldiers smile. A young man has his needs. 
I never was encountered by the gods because I know a path up the back of the, the of the cliff face. If my you know a way in. I do. If we can get at least the elders out, their uh, their circle. If we can at least get them out, but the more the better. The path I know about travels up the fa- back, the face cliff of the back of the city. But I have heard rumors that there are. It's a porous canyon where people. There are different ways. We may be able to get more out. I don't know, but I know a way in. And what a better way than to unite the South to do, to free those people. To save them from the Northerners. Yes. Well, then, Viscount, what... How long has the city been breached? The Viscount says, "Uh, it's been but a few days, and... The amount of men inside is you can't number very many, but we have confirmation that the first teal guard are there. They're awful. They're terrifying. They're some of the queen's best men. So if you don't need to go there, I think with the forces we have, we would be able to go to Alal and be able to do some good. I'm sorry if it's painful to say, but maybe... Maybe we shouldn't go in. Maybe you shouldn't go into the city. Maybe Katir is just lost. You say they're terrifying. You say that they're horrible, horrible, and f- bring fear to those who see them. I killed six before they took me prisoner. Six By of- myself. They're weak. Well, men of iron fall will to men of iron will. I have have one that I owe, and I will find him. Not this day, not the next, but I'm not going to leave our... The people that have shared our world to a fate of death for the promise of riches? These people aren't fighting for a cause. They're fighting for greed and for rape. And I'm starting to walk back and forth again. We have to save as much of our lands as we can. If we all die doing it, I don't care. My men will be positioned to give you cover during the escape. If I if I set them up correctly, I can make it so that they won't be seen as they leave. I'm not sure what we're going to do after the battle. There will be questions asked if I have no prisoners. 
I look at Ornella. You understand that world better than I. But we need... We need a victory. We need to do... We need to solve a problem. And then we need to continue forward from there. Our problem is in a lull. I don't know if we should be spending resources and and time on something like this. I'm willing to listen and and, and you know I'll do whatever I can, but I I understand that we need to unify. We need to come together, but isn't that what we're doing right now? And you, Viscount, who do you work for? Speaking of taking prisoners, that's not what this is about. It was not my choice to make. It is what the Lord Commander assigned us to do. And in order to keep up the front so that I may help you later, I think it better that I play along for now and take these people prisoner instead of executing them like many other forces would do were they to be in my position. So I see this, everything's starting to get uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. There's nobody's, it's just starting to get uncomfortable. <laughs> and I go to my Takari and I, inside of a, like a saddlebag, I bring out this cloth and it's really heavy. It's like, not like chain mail, but it's, it looks very fluid. It, and I pull it out, and it's kind of draped over my arm. And I take it out in front of the, the group of people there, and I throw it on the ground. And you recognize it as the thing I wrapped around your head mm-hmm. when we were up on the, on the cliff face. To block the... Yeah, right. And I, and I throw it down there, and it's, we're in the midday sun, and mm-hmm. you know the, maybe it's high noon, and, the, and we're in this box canyon, so the sun is just straight down. And like all these guys from the north are like, what do I need my sunscreen? Can it be 2 o'clock? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's kind of shining on that, and I pick it up, and I walk over to you, and I look you in the eye, and I show it to him, and I say, this is the cloth that Katia weaves. Feel it takes his hand out and goes and and holds it in his arms and he feels it and then he tries to like poke it to like try to feel the fibers and it's like this it feels like silk like you can't actually feel the individual fibers but it has this metallic like coppery steel woolly right it's kind of almost feeling wet yeah at all times yep like kind of oiled kind of whatever, but mm-hmm. it's very tough. And, th- and I take it, I wrap it around my arm, and I look at Ornella and I say, take your axe and hit it. What? Do it. Orzok. Hit it. Honestly, I'm, or- Ornella's kind of mad at Orzok anyway. Yeah. A little bit. She just, all right. And like over the over her head and just wax. So I wrapped it like a few times mm-hmm. around my arm mm-hmm. and then there it is. It hurts. I take a couple of hit points, but my arm does not come off. 
I mean, you you swung a it, you would have chopped a person's arm right, off. I mean, right. it's a fucking great axe swinging down, and you see, don't even really see sparks, and you see just kind of a little discoloration on it. It felt like you hit plate and I, almost, and but I, there was some give to it. And I unwrap it and I throw it down, and you see a like a bruise line where you hit. That's what we call the pharaoh. It's made, and I point. You've seen the dark spines. The katir, the ones that know how to weave it. It weighs nothing, and I kind of pick it up and I toss it at you. And it's like, you it was on your head. It's the same thing. Right. You didn't even know it, but that's what it was. It felt like cloth. Yeah. That is going to come in handy down the road. We can't let him have it. And we need to use it in our favor. You're right. We need to get those people who know how to make it. This is a a game changer. Your men could wear it underneath their armor as padding. The the soldiers all look to each other and and nod their heads. Uh, The Viscount says, yes, if the your line breakers would be indestructible. Right. Um, scale mother, what do you make of this? And this whole time she's just been staring into the cage at the crumpled form of the uh, um, soon-to-be crab preacher, Barabundi. And she continues to stare and she says, we are all in agreement here. The Tosric need our help, and Orzak, Ornella, you need to go now. There's no time to get back to the camp. By the time we spend a half-day ride, it's it's another half-day to get there, so we've, we've lost another day, and I don't know how much longer the city can take. Go, quickly. Viscount, uh, be with your men. We will. I will send my son Ortic to, to to your position to meet and send along further instructions. I, speaker. We need to go to the nest. Questions. She looks around to everyone, as if anyone is going to speak up, and with that, Harbeck. What happens if he returns and, and we're not there? The speaker uh, comes up to you, Ornella, and he, he puts his hand on your arm and he says, Ornella, Harbeck, Harbeck will be with us. All right, then. He smiles. Well, let's go. And at let's go, it it like uh, fades to black and fades up on the uh, city of Katir. It's this city that sits atop this wide plateau, a hundred feet up in the air, which creates just this sheer cliff that uh, one would need to 
the way that you would get up, they have these crane uh, arms that overhang the city that have baskets that, and they they are spread out all around the city. And you can see there's plumes of black smoke coming up from the city, and uh, siege ladders are leaned up against the the tall walls, and uh, you can see little black shapes of um, men climbing up the ladders. Uh, we zoom farther back. This turns out to have been like a zoom in, and the the uh, zooming zooming back out, we see the silhouette of Harbeck, who's got his arm, his hand up on the side of a of a spine hunter. The spine hunter Azakir says, uh, "We should help them." Let's go. Fade to black. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with uh, Des Moines and Dragons, Episode 12, Part 3. Boop-da-boop. 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 Bo